You are listening to the Bright Life Podcast, all about ways to stay inspired, chase your dreams, and find more gratitude in the highs and lows of the journey. I'm your host, Jessica Johnson. I'm a business owner, a part-time digital nomad, a self-growth junkie, a believer in other big-hearted women, and am all about sharing tips, tricks, lessons learned, and encouragement so we can all live our biggest, brightest lives. You ready? Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited to have you here. This episode is one that I have been mulling over for the last several weeks. I haven't really been sure when the right timing was or what to really say on it, but I do think it's a really interesting topic and I've seen some polls recently that indicate that people are kind of curious about this. And so I'm gonna share and just trust my instincts on this one that I hope it's really interesting to the right people, the right listeners who find it. So this June, uh, about maybe four or five weeks ago at this point, I finished up dry June. Now you may have heard of dry January or there's certain months throughout the year where not drinking becomes like this monthly thing that everyone jumps in on. And June isn't really known for being one of those months, but for whatever reason, I kind of just decided that that, I was gonna do this experiment of not drinking for at least 30 days. And for me, drinking, living in cities, drinking is really kind of a social thing where Whenever you're out with girlfriends, whenever you're at a work happy hour, whenever you're at a meeting of some kind in the evenings, it just seems like wine or cocktails are always present. And so to me, I just thought it would be kind of a fun experiment of like, what if I just truly don't drink at all for 30 days? And the other interesting part about it is I went into a month that historically would have been a month I wouldn't have chosen this because... In the past, I would have been like, well, you know, I that month there's a vacation or that month there's a conference or that month there's these business meetings. Like there's just no way that there won't be wine, there won't be alcohol present, right? And something about this month I went into with so much going on this month and I changed my perspective and just thought this is the best time to do it. So this June, I had a conference in Cancun that I went to for a full week. I had a vacation for a long weekend. I had visitors in town at one point. It was summertime. There were pool days. There were barbecues. There were nights out. There were friend things. There was so much going on. There was even a biz conference, I'm pretty sure, at one point, business conference. So this month was not one of those months that I could have just been like, oh, for 30 days, I will literally be a hermit. I won't do anything to tempt myself. I really went into it being like, this is going to be the hardest month to do this if I'm ever going to do it. And I kind of loved that about it. I really, the more the month went on, the more that grew on me because I just thought I felt so empowered. I felt like I could do anything after this month if this was the month that I wasn't drinking. It's like, oh, like that's so easy for anything else in the future, big or small. So that's kind of the first little thing that I would say was kind of interesting about this and maybe could shift either my perspective or your perspective on it is like, if you're thinking to yourself, oh, like I've been kind of curious about doing something like that, but I just have something going on this month or I always have something. 
use that maybe to your advantage. Like use that as a way to go head on and just be like, that is why this is the best month. Because if I can do it for these 30 days, I can do it like anytime for four days for, you know, whatever it is. Um, Again, it's not like you have to do this. It's just if this is like sounds compelling to you, if this sounds like on your heart, I really got a lot of value out of this experiment and learned a lot about myself. So that was kind of the first little thing to know about this month is like it wasn't a quiet one. It was a wild month. (laughs) So here are like a few things that I learned. Um, And there's so much, honestly, I had a hard time thinking about like what my biggest takeaways were or what was meaningful enough to share and distill down from this month. So this is just what resonates like a month or so later. And I feel like there's a reason for those things um, to still be on my mind. And so just know that like if you're to do this, you'll find so many more things than I can fit into a podcast episode. And you might find different things than me. But these are just the things that still about a month later are like in my head um, that really resonate from this experiment. So I think the first thing that I really learned from doing dry June or, you know, no alcohol for 30 plus days, that kind of thing, is the power of stress and of nourishing myself. So even though a lot of my drinking is social, it's wine or cocktails and stuff out with friends, I really became hyper aware of the little ways in that our culture uses alcohol, uses wine to soothe the people, right? Like I just saw so much on social media that started to really stand out to me about like, you know, wine o'clock or wine time or mommy needs wine or whatever it is. Whereas when you, when I had a stressful day, that wasn't an option. And so I started to really be much more vigilant about my like stress levers. And so I started to notice things like if I had an extra coffee in the afternoon, that kind of revved me up. And I found that by five or six, I wanted something to almost like soothe my stress a little bit more. And so whereas in the past, I might have not even realized it. I might have just been like, oh, I think I'll have a glass of wine with dinner tonight. That sounds good. Once that was off the table, I really became much more aware of, oh, I kind of caused my stress to go up that afternoon. I'm going to need to bring it back down in a very gentle way, whether it's like, I took a lot of sea salt baths. I went on a lot more walks. Sometimes I journaled. I meditated. I read. I called my friends or family. So you, one, become really aware of your stress levels and what affects them, what raises them or what lowers them. And then two, you find all these little kind of hacks to modulate that throughout the day or to bring it kind of down and soothe it at the end of the day. So I thought that that was really interesting. I also learned a lot about little things I could do in the moment that I never would have thought of as stress releasing or calming kinds of things. Like I found if I was at a a big event and maybe I got a little anxious or something like that, I could just do little things. Like I could go to the, the restroom and just like be really present with washing my hands with some really hot, like comforting water. Like so you find these little kind of hacks that you never otherwise would have noticed for kind of caring for yourself, for nourishing yourself. You know, for me, another thing that I loved that month was just the act of making a dinner. 
So for 45 minutes or whatever it was, 30 minutes, you know, I don't always have a ton of time, but that became almost this meditative practice to me where instead of rushing through that and wanting to just do the fastest thing or the, you know, TV version of dinner, that kind of thing, I really started to find my habits and my routines where once I would finish the workday, that would be my act of calming myself is to, you know, one, work out, maybe go on a walk or something like that. Uh, But then two, to have my routine of making like dinner and chopping the food and just letting that be this meditative, really calming, nourishing practice instead of just being like, go, go, go and rushing through it all. So I think that was one of the most interesting things is just that awareness of your own stress, what helps it, and all the little ways that you can care for yourself that you might not even realize if you have something else to reach for, you know, even if it's subconsciously. The other thing that I would say is you might be surprised by what you actually like better. So I know that the general cultural feeling about not drinking is often like it's a buzzkill. It's not that fun. Like if you're not drinking, you're not having as good of a time. It like brings out the life of the party, that kind of thing. But I was surprised to find that I actually found situations where I liked not drinking better than actually drinking. So, for example, because living in cities, you're often social drinking when you're out at bars or you're in big group settings. There's just always something, you know, alcohol wise there. I just thought that that was like the norm. Right. I did not realize that actually when I didn't have any alcohol, I would do like a seltzer or something fun instead. I actually felt like I liked that experience better. I felt like I got to talk to everyone more. Like I felt like I just had a clearer mind about myself. I felt like I didn't have to worry about, you know, getting a little too tipsy or like saying something silly or wondering like, oh, was I like being too weird or not? (laughs) You know, like stuff like that. Um, So for me, I still actually prefer going into those settings now, like with a much more sober kind of head about me. So that was surprising to me. But there were other things too, you know, even like walks home from a restaurant in the city or wherever. I noticed that the people I was with would be like, oh, like it's such a drag like to walk home after a night of dinner and wine. And and I just thought, wow, I feel really good right now. Like I feel like I can walk easily home. So things like that were surprising to me too of just I never really realized some of those things and just how much better it kind of was without the drinks. And so I would actually put that as something that just to go into it with that perspective of it's not that you're having less fun because you're not drinking. You might actually be having more fun. Like you might remember more. You might feel higher highs. Like you might actually just get to be feel more present in the moment. You might find things that are way better sober than they are with having a drink or having that fogginess that sometimes it brings. So That was another big part. And the other thing that I learned in social settings is that you don't actually have to tell anyone. I think that was a big part of why I never did an experiment like dry June or dry January or whatever before is because I just thought, oh, like, I don't want to be a buzzkill. I don't want to tell people or bring the mood down or have a bunch of questions. And so I kind of made this fun little practice out of like, I would not say anything. And it became like this experiment in my head where I kind of loved going into the events or whatever or the restaurant and ordering just a club soda or a Diet Coke or something and just not saying anything. 
And honestly, I don't, I, I can't exactly remember now, but I don't think anyone ever said anything. I'm sure they noticed in hindsight, right? But like, no one actually really called me out on it. Um, and so I kind of had my like prepared responses for what I would have said had someone really called it out or pushed me on it. But I just thought it was so interesting how I'd built up all these stories in my head about to be just as fun as everyone else at a party, to not bring the mood down. You can't get into like why you're not drinking when that's not the case at all. Like no one even said anything. So that was a big surprise for me. And if you don't live in a city or you, you know, never have drinks or anything, some of this stuff may sound so like, of course you don't have to say anything or of course no one cares. But I just think the nature of living in these bigger cities and being in this work hard, play hard culture, um, like I have been, you know, at ad agencies and corporate America and all that kind of stuff is it's really insidious. Like you don't realize all these little cultural nuances that you pick up on in these social settings that you never ever question because you just let them keep going. So for me, it was kind of fun to just take a pause and experiment with it and play with it and be like, what happens if I don't say anything? Or what happens if I very clearly order something else than alcohol? Or what happens if I go to a vacation? How does it feel if I don't drink? What happens if I go to a you know, business conference or business event? What happens if I have people in town? And I just loved how easily it was to almost always find a mocktail or some kind of drink, right? And maybe people didn't even notice because you, I just got either good at it or like they didn't care or they didn't even notice, you know? So that was another thing is just you might actually be surprised what you like better from this experience. Um, It's not just a negative thing or it's not something you're giving up. It's something that you're potentially adding. You're potentially adding more to your life from this experience. And so the other thing that I would say is that it's just have your arsenal of strategies for when old habits um, or impulses kick in. So for me during this month, one thing that helped me, there's this app called Reframe. And it's kind of like this sober curious app for anyone doing 30 days without alcohol or longer, right? Like some people want to give it up completely. And every day in the morning, I got notification about here's how your body's feeling better today. Like here's what's happening in your organs. Here's how your brain's responding. And it kind of gave you this journey of here's what you might encounter, you know, today. Um, Here's tips on navigating this socially, like stuff like that, where I really liked having that little thing to look forward to every day. And it kind of just kept me in the zone and excited to see what the next day was, right? Like I liked learning that my heart was responding well on this day, or maybe my sleep would be improving because my hormone levels were improving this next day. So for me, that really helped. And also just listening to books or podcasts or whatever. Um, I've heard that it's called quit lit, (laughs) where you're like quitting alcohol for a while. And so there's all this literature um, or thoughts on it. And what even kind of made me curious in the first place about trying an experiment like this is this book, Quit Like a Woman, which I heard of through Kirsi Teigen because she posted about it. And it's just about kind of like alcohol's role in our culture, um, how you aren't actually giving things up by having it less, but you could be gaining more. Like, I just loved that kind of perspective and I'd never, ever even really thought about it. And so just having stuff in your head like that, I just looked at it like this is kind of broadening my horizons. This is showing me stuff I've never really thought about. So 
it just helped to keep me in the zone, I think, to have a lot of that to play with that month. The other thing that you can do is if you feel like you're in a situation where you are thrown off guard or you're not expecting it and you kind of feel like almost like you lose your footing for a second, I think another thing that helped me was just fast tracking to the next either morning when you'd be so proud of yourself for crossing off another day. And that goes for any competition you're in, right? Like I know a lot of people doing 75 hard. Um, Maybe you are training for something. Maybe you are trying to build another habit in another way. So almost just that fast track of if I just get through this moment where maybe things are a little hard or I don't know how to handle this social situation or whatever, the next morning, how am I going to feel if I make it? And you'll be so proud of yourself. Like you'll have slept all amazingly, like you'll have taken good care of yourself. And so to me, that really helped just like that picturing the the after, right? Like the after going through with your goal and sticking to your plan and succeeding. That really helped me keep going um, on the times when I was maybe tired or there were social things and I didn't want to have to go through the whole rigmarole. It just felt like it really helped a lot. The other piece I would say is to help this habit side of things is having a firm start and end date. That makes it, and this goes for any habit as well. So it's very easy to be like, oh, I'll start tomorrow or I'll start Monday, right? Like the typical dieting thing. But for me, what I liked about June is it was very easy to be like, I'm either check, like verifiably doing it or I'm not doing it this month, right? And so I'm in June and I cannot say that I did dry June if I mess up the first week or the second week or the third week, right? Like it was a very firm, either you did it or you didn't start an end date. And so if I were to do this again, I think I would choose that because I just love, even though dates don't really like matter, I think for me, it was just a very firm stronghold. Um, I even had vacation like at the very end of the month. And so there were parts of me that were like, man, I just want a margarita. I'm basically there, right? But because I had that firm end date of June, I knew I would not have been able to make it that month or say that I did dry June if I stopped a day early, even if it technically didn't matter. So I think that kind of works to your advantage in a way. I think the other big piece that helps with the habits or just feeling like you um, have an easier go at it is for me, I went easier on other things. So, so much of this is so useful in so many ways with habits, right? Like if you're going to go so hard on your health and you really are working on getting off those last 20 pounds or whatever, where most people go wrong is they also then think, well, I'm also going to start meditating that month. I'm going to start writing cards to all my friends. I'm definitely going to, you know, do this and do that and do that. Whereas like if you just focus on one thing, you have such a better chance of succeeding And so for me, my trade-off was, okay, this is requiring a little bit more energy and intention for me than I've ever spent before on it. So I'm going to go easy on things like little treats. So I would let myself have a little bit more sugar if I craved it that night. I would let myself have things like a Diet Coke, which I hadn't had in years. But I was like, you know what? It's better for me than a drink anyway. (laughs) Right? Debatable. But like, truly, like the effects aren't as strong as alcohol in your body. But for me, that felt like such a treat. And it felt like it almost just let out a little bit of that steam and pressure of like you're working so hard in one area um, or you're just more engaged in it than normal. So kind of let off the pressure in another area. For me, that really helped. It helped me get through and just feel like I wasn't having to go so hard on all cylinders. I could literally just focus and succeed at that one thing. And it gave me so much confidence by the end of that month for like, 
what else could I do as an experiment? Like, what else don't I know that I just kind of do because it's a cultural thing or a social thing? And I don't realize how much I could gain from it just kind of doing things differently than how I've done it before. So it kind of made me excited to be like, what should my next thing be? Like, should it be a month where I meditate every day? Should it be a month where I walk every day or I have a really good nighttime routine before bed? It just get me very excited for what else in my life I could then tackle and conquer as the next thing. Um, And those little things help so much too. just having something in your hands. Like I just really found that if I had like a mocktail or something fun and bubbly to drink, I didn't even miss the other stuff. I really didn't. It was just kind of that feeling of, oh, yeah, I'm still part of the party here. This is still fun. I'm still going out. I get something a little festive. feels like a little like treat at the end of the day. So just all these things were so interesting to learn and really just check myself on for the psychology and the habits that I've built around um, just how I, in my days, how I engage with people socially, how I think about, I don't know, my place and like life of the party or not. Like I realized I'm really actually, I think I'm quite fun, um, even more so maybe when I'm not drinking because you just get to be fully yourself. One of the bigger things out of this whole experiment is just bucking the trends. Like if you can just do something in your life that you've done a certain way for a while and mix it up and see how you react, see how you feel in your own body, in your own mind, see what habits still kind of pull at you, um, see which ones are really easy to lose. I just think you learned so much about yourself. And for me, the not drinking for 30 days was such a great one because it impacted so many other things. Like I got the deepest, deepest sleep after, you know, I really got into it. Like I noticed it just changes in my skin. I noticed, I mean, I looked at even pictures that month and I thought, wow, like I feel like my skin is much more glowy. There's just so much there. Like I'm sure hormones were probably healthier. Not like, I don't know, social drinking is that crazy, right? But it depends. Like sometimes in summertime, it's so easy to have so much going on that before you know it, you're like, okay, I've literally done something every weekend. I need like break, you know? So for me, I just thought it was so interesting. And if anyone else is interested in doing something like this, um, you can DM me on Instagram at hi Jessica Johnson. Um, you can, you know, shoot me a message or whatever. I'd love to know. Uh, maybe we'll get like a secret group going or something where we can all just go for it another month. Because um, like I said, I feel like there's this trend forming where now bars are popping up offering just purely mocktails. Like there's so many good beers and alternative alcohol like wines and things that aren't actually full of alcohol but still taste so good it's like you're not giving anything up really so I just think there's this undercurrent culturally where people are starting to get curious about this and are starting to notice that alcohol is promoted a lot in our culture um, in really really subtle ways And so I think it's just kind of interesting to play with. And I would honestly love to do it again. So if anyone wants to do this with me, I think it would just be a fun thing to do together. But anyway, I hope this was interesting to you. I'd love to know if you've ever thought about doing this. Um, Maybe you, do you live in a city? Is this something that comes up a lot for you socially? Um, Do you not? Do you live like somewhere else? Or maybe you do live in a city and you still don't drink socially or anything like that. Um, But anyway, just thought it was interesting and I hope that it lands with some of you as well. Um, But either way, I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening and I'm excited to see what comes of our conversation. Talk soon. 
Thank you so much for listening in. If you loved this episode, it would mean so much to me if you share it on Instagram stories and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping get the message out. I am so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time, talk to you soon.